Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Everybody knows that we're hog wild. Yeah, everybody knows that we're hog wild. Razorback Nation, welcome to episode number 17 of the Hog Talk Podcast. Me and Ty have come to an agreement of putting together a second show of the week because fans of all over Arkansas have been begging Jacob and Ty to go to two episodes a week. Here we are, and the Friday podcast will be used to preview games. And so this weekend, Arkansas obviously opens up against Portland State, the Vikings, Coached by Bryce Barnum, uh, who's been coaching the Vikings since 2015. They started off pretty hot uh, at a 9-3 record uh, the last three seasons, though. They have combined for seven wins. Kind of similar to what we've seen with the Arkansas Razorbacks. So here we are, Ty. Just a little bit over 48 hours from seeing the kickoff. What are we seeing out of Arkansas? The Razorbacks, are they going to have success? with Portland State this Saturday. Uh, my my view here is Arkansas has – they're facing two dual-threat quarterbacks out of out of Portland State, Davis Alexander and Jelani Eason. Alexander will be their primary starting quarterback, but Eason will play. They will split time together. Uh, last season, Alexander completed 126 passes out of 238 for 1,786 yards, 11 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Does he grow off those numbers? We don't know, but – What's concerning to me is Arkansas's defense struggles against dual threat quarterbacks, whether it is against FCS or FBS division schools. What are your thoughts there, Ty? Yeah, we've had trouble in the past containing dual threat quarterbacks. The fact that these guys have two of them, uh, oh boy. But it's not like they haven't seen it. It's not like Arkansas hasn't seen this before with these with scrambling quarterbacks. It seems like everybody in their cat has somebody on, on offense that can run the ball around and back in the pocket. So, um, I, it's gonna. There's gonna be a lot asked of this defense out the gate to take on Portland State. Now I get it; they're an FCS school, but anytime again, like you had mentioned, they've got dual threat quarter, uh, dual threat QBs, and Arkansas has struggled against that caliber quarterback. I don't have enough information on these two guys, but it sounds like they they like to rotate them and use them both as much as they can. You just have to hope somebody can contain these guys and, and force them to, you know, look. At the end of the day, it's all about disruption. Line of scrimmage play is what's going to matter here the most, as it does week in and week out, but especially against dual-threat quarterbacks when you can disrupt the pocket, when you can force guys to get out of their comfort zone and and, and maybe force them to make some mistakes outside the pocket. That's what you got to hope for. At the end of the day, that's what you got to hope for. And, and again, you just hope you can contain them and, and force them to make some mistakes. But it's all about disruption and causing chaos in the backfield by, you know, whether that's just, random blitzing and, and just blitzes coming from from the weak and strong side and up the middle and whatever it takes. If, it, if that's what it takes to get these guys to throw them off, to force pressure, make them – force them to cause or, or to throw the ball over, fumble the ball, whatever, you got to do it. It's all about chaos in the backfield, and I think that's what Arkansas is going to have to do. I think that's what they're going to aim to do. Hopefully somebody steps up and, and can do that. Armand Watts is gone. Remember, he was the interior defensive lineman a year ago who kind of came out of nowhere and ended up with like seven sacks. And as a defensive tackle, that's a big deal. 
So you hope they get someone else to do that, you know, to have some similar success this year up front on the defensive line. And again, since we're playing Portland State this weekend, maybe maybe the trend starts this weekend against Portland State. And they can set the set it in motion where they're just going to be a, a, a defense that causes chaos in the backfield. And that's what you've really seen out of Chavis defenses over the years, whether it was with Miles Garrett or or uh, back in his LSU days with some of the studs that he had on the defensive line there. That's what he's cost. As the game has changed, though, and offenses uh, around the around the country have changed, obviously uh, Chavis, uh, he hasn't adapted well. But, I mean, when you're facing, you know, uh, spread option RPO squads that love to throw the ball. It, it it limits your amount of time to get to the quarterback because, I mean, quarterbacks are getting their ball out to the uh, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends so fast. And that's really what, what worries me. I'm not worried because I think Arkansas wins this game ultimately, and we'll get to that later on my predictions. But I just, I mean, it's just so hard to stop them. With two, two dual threat quarterbacks here, I just don't see it. Uh, I just don't see Arkansas having a lot of success early on. But you have a game, you have TJ Smith, you have a Scooter Harris who has great a great ability to run sideline to sideline. Bumper pool, like you said earlier, uh, is a guy that could really make a uh, make a case for Arkansas's linebackers to be better. And you have D Mac McClure who's be- uh, backing up Bumper, who I think. Uh, who's very underrated there at the linebacker slot, and they also have Hayden Henry starting. So our, obviously Arkansas is going to have a little bit of speed sideline to sideline to stop them at linebacker. But the defensive line kind of worries me, especially with Armand Watts being gone. But somebody's going to have to step up, and I think that person is McTelvin again. Um, you know, speaking of dual-track quarterbacks, you know what happens when a quarterback is out of the pocket, right? He finds him a security blanket. Mm-hmm. And Check Portland down. State has, yeah, Portland State has one of the best tight ends in the country, uh, one of the best offensive playmakers in the FCS Division Two level, uh, named Charlie Tumo Payow. Tumo Payow. Tumo Payow. That is try to say actually, that twice as fast. You've simplified it because I've I've heard other people try to say that name really fast, and and I'm like, that's the mistake. You've got to you've got to sound it out. You've done a Terrific job right there, Jacob. Yeah. Good stuff. So he was named to the Walter Payton Award list. Uh, I guess it's a watch list, obviously, uh, with the 25 of the top players at the FCS level. Uh, this Charlie. Charlie is a FCS All-American. He had 28 receptions, 580 yards, and five touchdowns last season. Uh, he's 6'3", 245, kind of similar to a DJ Williams build. But, like I said, anytime a dual-threat quarterback gets out of the pocket, and is looking for a man, you're going to find either a running back uh, going down the field or a tight end in a crossing pattern. And I guarantee you they will try to run a crossing pattern for Charlie every single time they can. And does Arkansas stop them? I think they can. They're going to have to. But I think, like I'm going to say here in in the next segment here with the defense, Arkansas is going to have an opportunity to make big plays as well. And if, if Charlie Tuo Mopayal, if he gets wide open and, and, and has success, I'm sure uh, Chavis and his guys will be able to find a way to take him out of the ballgame. Not with an injury-wise, but try to game plan around him. I'm sure they already have. They've had the 
past 10 to 15 days, I think is what uh, Chad Morris said in an interview a couple of weeks ago about when they would start game planning for Portland State. I think they're going to they they're gonna have a game plan to figure out how to stop these guys. Yeah, it's going to be about limiting his, his production on the field. And how do you do that? It's it, it's going to have to it's going to have to be, you know, creating chaos in the backfield. It's going to have to be about, you know, getting that quarterback off his game a little bit, rushing him to to throw a little earlier or possibly a little a little bit faster than he wants to. But I mean, that's the thing. A lot of teams that run these RPOs, they, that ball is out of their hands quick, and a lot of the times, depending on how the offense is drawn up and and uh, like you said. You know, they they when you get a guy out of out of the pocket, they like to go to their security. They like to go to their 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 check down target. And if there's someone like this tight end, and you're right, he, as soon as you said that, like who his size and was mentioning, you know his 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 numbers there, I was thinking, God, that sounds like DJ Williams. You took it right out of my mouth. But that's exactly <laughs> what he is yeah. to their offense. That's exactly what he is, and he's 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 going to be problematic if they can't figure out to just to like you said, if they can't game plan around him. Or if they, if and I'm sure they already have, but it's going to be about execution on the field and who's covering him and and uh, you know who, who's who's going to step up on that defensive line, create pressure in the backfield, and who's going to cover this guy because you don't want right. you don't want him to get comfortable, and we've seen this so many times against Arkansas defenses where they'll, they'll still get pressure, but the quarterback takes a step out of the pocket and he's already got the ball down to his checkdown target. In this case, it sounds like it's going to be this guy, this tight end. Uh, oh, Charlie, and uh, you gotta you just gotta hope your game plan works. You gotta hope the execution is there. That's right. And I mean, Arkansas, if they have success on defense, it will be predicated on what they do with Portland State's offensive lineman, right tackle, six foot ten, four hundred ten pounds. And I'm scrolling to find his name because I forgot to write it down before the podcast, but I just thought about this. Big Jim. If, yeah, if Arkansas can have success about uh, uh, on offense, I mean on defense, against Portland State's offense, it'll be predicated because somebody on the left side of that defensive line is going to have a field day on him. I think Doran Gerald, I think he's the left defensive end. That guy might, <laughs> it won't take but one step. Dorian Gerald's probably going to be in the back, but I think Arkansas can cause some chaos this week. Uh, switching switching sides of the ball, uh, Portland State's defense, they ranked 10 out of 13 in the Big Sky Conference. And Ty, guess what kind of numbers Portland State gave up on defense last year? 36.2 points per game, 419 yards per game. Pretty bad. Oh, That's yeah. pretty bad. That's pretty bad. And they run, a, they run a bizarre defense, too. It's not like a uh, – well, they, so they have four true – defensive linemen who with their hands in the dirt and then they basically push up an outside linebacker to, to, to be the fifth defensive lineman, I guess. So that's going to be interesting in this offense with what Chad Morris, the way he wants to run his style of, of offense. You wonder if they can, if they can figure out a way around that. I'm sure they will. That's, that's going to be interesting to see. You don't see many college programs. What, what run a, what I guess what they call someone had told me it's a flex defense, quote unquote, a flex defense which i've okay whatever when i think flex i think like three four defense where you have maybe a, a you know your outside linebacker typically comes on the pass rush and and uh, you know it's what a lot of nfl defenses run they run that three four kind of flex defense uh, but i've never heard of a flex defense where they run with like five defensive linemen that's just bizarre yeah. so it's i i'm curious how uh 
how they how how what they what their answer to this defense is for Chad Morris in this offense. I wonder what they wonder what they draw up. It's going to be interesting to watch. But those numbers are horrible. They're yeah. so bad on defense. The last it's it's been a while, if I'm not mistaken. I thought I heard them say that on the radio. Their defenses year in and year out are pretty bad. Yeah, but how do you tie honestly though? If they run five defensive linemen consistently. I mean, I know Reggie Herring did that back in uh, his 06, 07 days of the Arkansas Razorback defense. But if you run it on a consistent basis, besides on third down, how does that affect the rest of your defense? I mean, you got linebackers, you're missing one guy in the secondary, one guy or, or one guy at the linebacker position. How does that affect uh, Arkansas's uh, ability to be successful on offense? How does it affect Arkansas? Oh, yeah. D- well, does it help Arkansas, you think? Mm, Would it be in Arkansas's favor that they, they run that consistently on Saturday? Well, I don't know. I, I, you know, I guess if this were a – the only way I could picture it is if, like, this were an SEC team running a five front, and then how would Arkansas game plan for, a, for it? With this being an FCS school, I don't think it really matters <laughs> what they do on defense. Arkansas should have some success. I don't care if they run a 3-4 or 4-3 base whatever right, right. um cover two cover three it's not really going to matter it's an fcs school they should have plenty of success I, they will have to you know if, if they're constantly bringing five every play if it's going to be a five front then i don't know i imagine maybe you try to attack the middle of the field or maybe out in the flats where they're going to be a little you know since you don't have an outside linebacker trying to cover the flats you know maybe they maybe they play with a safety up to kind of help make up for that so then that makes you wonder are you going to have a lot of one-on-one coverage with the secondary on the receivers i, I don't know i just i just don't know enough about them i don't know i've right. again i've never really heard of a of this kind of flex defense before so i'm not sure how they'll game plan for it but it is like i said it's going to be interesting to see what they do and who knows they may switch it up too. They may not. They may just go to a four three just to just to make everybody mad. Ha! You thought we were gonna run this rare flex defense. No, we're gonna come in with a four three base <laughs> and run cover two all day. So there you go. But I it shouldn't matter what they do on defense. Arkansas should be, you know, they, they ought to have a game plan set up and ready to go and right. be able to go up and down the field on them. But it, it could have an effect on their run game. It, it could slow Rakeem and Devall Whaley down a little bit. Maybe force them to actually run some screen plays every once in a while. That'd be nice. Um, but yeah, I, I guess we'll find out Saturday at, at uh, was it three p.m. when kickoff? Three p.m. So yep, three p.m. on the SEC Network. Arkansas is a twenty-eight and a half point favorite. Mm. Ben Hicks to start. Enough about Portland State. Enough about. Them. Let's talk about the Razorbacks. What are they going to do Saturday? Let's talk about the offense. Ben Hicks at quarterback. This is my prediction. I think Ben Hicks will start, obviously, but he right. will have success. I think he will. I think he'll play about maybe two quarters and a half. I don't know when Starkle will come in, but I bet two two hundred forty yards is what I'm banking on right now. Two hundred forty yards and two touchdowns early on for Ben Hicks, and he shows why coach put him out there. I don't think you're going to see any kind of uh, bad habits come out. I don't think you're going to see any kind of pick sixes for Hicks. I think he's going to move the sticks, and I think he'll do it effectively throughout the game. This isn't going to be what you saw last season with between Cole Kelly and Ty Story, two guys that uh, really couldn't move the ball, and, and Ty Story, bless his heart, uh, every ball he threw up deep was just a lame duck. I mean, 
he just luckily found the fastest guy on the field's hands twice. So I'll say, look, you're, I, I, I like that analogy. It's not a bad one. I do think we saw a difference, though, between Ty Story when he'd step on the field compared yeah. to Cole Kelly. I'll, yeah. I'll give him that much, but you're yeah. right. He, he was very limited. Yeah. And, and Ben Hicks, he was not a slouch at SMU. He was the all-time leading passer at SMU. And I know people are going to knock me for this. But, yes, he proved himself at SMU under Chad Morris. As, as Chad Morris and his program improved, Ben Hicks improved. 33 touchdowns, 12 picks. That's nothing to scoff at. And he had success against a TCU defense that Arkansas couldn't even have success against. So, and that was back in 2017. So, I say Ben Hicks has a little bit of success. And it is worth noting that when he does have it, he'll get that start against Ole Miss. Then we'll see. That's when the real season starts, Ty. Yeah, that's what's going to matter. And and I've said, you mean, you, I think you, and, and I are on the same page with Ben Hicks getting the nod until last week. For whatever reason, I changed. I said, <laughs> I said Starkle would get the job, take it, and, and, and I was wrong. And I'll admit it. I'm a man. I'll admit it. But uh, we had said at the beginning of fall camp that Ben Hicks would win the job but then would eventually lose it to Nick Starkle. Do you still believe that? Do you still believe that it's – that maybe Ben Hicks's leash is a little tight? Or do you think, you know, Chad Morse is going to let him run around a little bit? So I think if Ben Hicks, I think I think he puts Starkle out there after about maybe a quarter and a half, just to see what he has. Right, but I'm talking about like just Ben Hicks's leash. Like if he messes up, if he has maybe throws a pick or two, he turns the ball over too much. He's not pushing the offense down the field. Do you think it's a matter of time before Nick Starkle takes the job? Yes, yes, I do. I, I, I absolutely, I absolutely agree with that. Yes. Okay. Because I, I don't know, like I, I'm slowly changing my mind that maybe Ben Hicks hangs on to this thing. Maybe he's got a looser leash than yeah. we first believed. I don't know, but yeah, yeah it, the only good. the only difference I think is Ben Hicks has played under Morris for three seasons, and yeah. Starkle is in this fourth week. That's yeah. the only that's that's the difference right there. Yeah, and and Hicks was here during the spring. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so not only does he have the three-year starting experience along with playing under Chad Morris, uh, we've talked about this. Our audience knows uh, we've talked about this a hundred times that Hicks just has he's, – he's clearly had the upper hand since he, since he uh, transferred to Arkansas and even after Nick Starkle transferred. But yeah. I, I'm, I'm starting to believe that Ben Hicks might – I think he's going to start against Ole Miss. Now, if he comes out against Portland State, doesn't move the ball as well, and you know messes up, I'm sure we'll we'll change our minds week to week. We're gonna change our minds left and right. So I hope everyone's prepared for that. But yeah. So my also, I have another prediction. I think if Starkle comes in, he has such a strong arm. I think he throws for 160 and gets a touchdown. But because he has a gunslinger mentality, like you said in this past Sunday show, I bet he throws a pick. I think they could both throw interceptions. Yeah. I really do. I think they're both – I think they're both – I mean, you know, Ben Hicks had a, had a reputation at SMU. His nickname, too, was Pig Six Hicks. I mean, I, I it wouldn't surprise me that we turn the ball over a little bit. Absolutely, I think yeah. that could happen. But um, Sweet I, one. I just – this is all going to be – this is all going to determine on whether or not Arkansas can pull away. Um, 
Yeah. So if they can pull away early on, if they get a big lead, then yeah, I think we'll I think we'll see all four quarterbacks play, like we said last week on the last show. Does KJ Jefferson play? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. What about, I, J, uh, what about John Steven? Yeah, they all four play. Okay. Yeah, like I said, they all four will play. It's going to be. Yeah. It, it's just a matter of whether or not. Again, whether or not they can pull away early enough. Now, if they don't pull away till the third, late third quarter, then I'm not really sure what they do. Or, or if it's something where, God forbid, if this does happen, we may be in for a long season. But if it's a close game up until you know the fourth quarter, then we may just see Ben Hicks or whoever has the job at that point, whoever they've settled on by the end of the game. It may just be their their game to end it. Yeah. We don't see anybody, but I think it's highly likely you end up seeing all four. Final score. I like I like Arkansas. I don't know if this pleases everybody, but I I, I like him at fifty five to seventeen. That's okay. I, I'm hearing this like seventy two to ten predictions, and and I'm like, what are you saying? Jermaine Petty, former Razorback, All American linebacker, said that Arkansas would rack up close to seven hundred and fifty yards of offense. Wow. I mean, come on now. This That's a lot of linebacker. Yards. Come on. <laughs> 700 plus yards on anybody that's ridiculous i don't know i wonder what our audience thinks on that is that a bit much maybe jermaine petty's kind of uh shooting for the moon even against an fcs program for 700 yards of offense he was on josh Perucini's show here in northwest arkansas and that's where that came from so in case anybody's wondering that's where that that's where jermaine petty said that i couldn't believe that i didn't hear his prediction though what do you got i got 55 to 10 oh okay yeah, that's great weird. Minds <laughs> great crazy. minds think alike, sir. Yes. Yeah, uh, I've got I've got KJ Jefferson uh, having thirty six yards passing, and and I think John Stephen Jones has fifty two yards passing, but he does a pick. Uh, Rakeem Boyd, I think he goes for ninety six yards uh, on six carries. They take him out. Uh, Woods Woods and Burks, I think both get a hundred yards receiving. I'm high on Burks. I think Burks scores a punt return touchdown. Just because I'm just going to throw that out there because nobody else is calling it and I want to see it. You're a bold man. I'm telling you, you're bold. I'm a bold man. He gets a hundred yards receiving and a hundred yards off punt returns. I'm calling it right now. Call me crazy. I want to see it. And I'm y'all just... will call me. Y'all won't call me crazy. Uh, y'all won't call me crazy at, at all. If that happens. You're, you're, yeah, you're willing to go into the specifics. I'm not, I'm not going to yeah. say, I think the boldest take I'll have is that I believe I believe one of these quarterbacks throws for 250. That's as far as I'll go. Yeah. Somebody throws for at least 250. That's what I'm, can, I'm hoping for. And all they've we've really heard more about the defense all offseason, like all fall camp. Yeah. And, I, and I think the quarterbacks, I think the offense wants to make a statement, even if it's yeah. an FCS school. I, so I think yeah. once one quarterback is going to throw for at least 250. If they go out there and have fun. The score it, it could be it could be big it could be lopsided. I think I think if the offense feeds off the defense, total teamwork, people body in. I think Arkansas could have a really successful day on Saturday going into game week against Ole Miss. So your predictions for the season, Ty? Mm-hmm. Oh you, well, you said you said it would be surprising mm-hmm. early on in the show. Well, for anybody who follows me on the YouTube channel, on the Pictorial Network YouTube channel, by the way, I've got to get my my prediction out on so you're hearing it here first i haven't even come out on my youtube channel and given my win loss for the for the season for arkansas but right now so i've got arkansas it's 
kind of similar to last year, if I remember right. Portland State, a dub. I like them to win there, obviously. Ole Miss, this to me is the game I've been – it's a coin flip game because it's on the road, and Arkansas and, and this particular program have an interesting history. I like Arkansas to beat Ole Miss on the road. I, so if we were to flip a coin, I would put I, – I would I would bet that Arkansas that – that that coin were to land on heads, which is Arkansas. I, I like their odds in that game uh, just because – I, I don't know. Maybe I'm bought in a little bit more to Chad Morris's system and, and what he is as a head coach more so than I believe. I don't know. But that's after, you know, diving into as much paperwork and, and research I can do. I just like Arkansas in that game. Maybe I'm wrong. Colorado State's a win. San Jose State's a win. And then they go on a four-game losing streak. I think they lose to A&M. Kentucky is another coin flip. They're only returning eight starters total, four on offense, four on defense. They're uh, – they lost some guys. Benny Snell is obviously gone. Josh Allen, who's a superb linebacker, is gone. And they lost one of their better offensive linemen, uh, Stallings. But they still have – they've got some playmakers that are back on defense. Offensively, they're not a real strong team. But, you know, playing them on the road is kind of the difference maker for me, which is why I have Arkansas as a loss in that one. I feel like if that were at home, obviously I would like Arkansas's odds. Auburn, the following week, is a loss for me. Bama is obviously a loss. Then Mississippi State, another kind of a coin flip game. So right now we're at four and four, right? Right. Uh, the final four, Mississippi State, I think they can win that. I've, I've, that's another coin flip, but I like them to win. LSU, the following week is a loss for me. Western Michigan is a lo- is a is a win. <laughs> Excuse me, definitely a win there. I think. And then they're going to turn around and play Mizzou. And unfortunately, I don't think Arkansas can beat Mizzou right now. It's not a talent issue. It's just. You know, and it's definitely not because of their transfer quarterback they have. I'm still curious as to whether or not that's going to play out the way Mizzou thinks that it does. But even still, Mizzou's in place. They're they're gelling pretty well right now. Some people actually have them as kind of a, a dark horse to finish near the top of the SEC East this year. I just like Mizzou in that one, unfortunately. So that puts us to six and six. So that's yeah. uh, Portland State, Ole Miss, Colorado State, San Jose State, uh, Mississippi State. Western Kentucky. No, seven. I'm sorry. Western Kentucky and, and no, six. Let me backtrack. Six. Six <laughs> and six is my final record. Six and six is my final record. But there's no real surprises there. I'd kind of gone back and forth with Mississippi State and Kentucky quite a bit and, and Ole Miss. But yeah, I like Arkansas at six and six. So, so to close out the show, here's my predictions. You win all four non conference games, and I think you thump every single one of them because mm. Chad Morris is. Chad, Chad Morris isn't going to go into year two losing any non-conference games and winning them. He's going to win them decisively. Needs you go on the road to Ole Miss week two, Ty, and I think Arkansas. I don't. I this for whatever reason the series for the past ten years has just been something fun to watch. When Arkansas is coming up, Ole Miss gives them a game. When Ole Miss is coming back on their way up, Arkansas gives them a game. And it's surprising. I think Ole Miss, with breaking in a two two new quarterback uh, coordinators at at all offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. I think Arkansas has a chance to win there. I get that a coin flip. So I can I can see it's being one and one or two and zero. Oh. You get the two victories the next two weeks. That's either three and one or four and zero. Oh. I think Arkansas is going to be. A little bit out of the league for Texas A&M, just because Jimbo's got so much talent there. Because Kevin Sumlin didn't leave the, they didn't, 
He didn't leave it empty there. I think you go at Kentucky. Kentucky could be better. They could be they could be about the same, or they could take a couple of steps back, losing Benny Snell and, and Josh Allen on the defensive line and, and the secondary being on. They only return eight starters off the whole team from last year. I think Arkansas goes on the road, and they can probably still win there. That's 5-1 and one right there. But I don't see us beating Auburn, even though it's at home. I wish we could see it. I think Arkansas plays them pretty tough. They were down 10-3 to three in the fourth quarter last year before giving up a couple of punt returns for touchdowns. Uh, special teams played a battle row in that Auburn game last year. Uh, you lose at Alabama. Mississippi State comes home. You're either going to be 4-4, four and four, maybe 5-3, and three, but let's say let's say they're four and four. I think you go back home against Mississippi State and you pull off maybe a mild upset. Mississippi State may not be any better. They may I mean, I don't know if they're gonna be ranked at that point, but I could see them uh being a tough team just because there's they still have some of Dan Mullen's leftovers. Arkansas wins that game November second. They beat Western Kentucky. That's that's the sixth win right there. The final two games at LSU, I just don't – I think LSU's concentrated but on, on being better in the SEC. But there's, there's just no way Arkansas goes to Baton Rouge this year and steals a win. Another but, Ed Orgeron could be up, could be down. Where are they at? I don't know. But that's, that's later in the season, the 11th game of the year. I think Arkansas loses that game, but in a close one. And then Mizzou, if you're looking for win number seven, you may not get it. You may get it. I'm not sure. And it's not. It's going to be behind a a ruckus crowd. If Arkansas's looking for their seventh win or they're looking for bowl eligibility in that game, War Memorial Stadium could be rocking that night, Ty. That's I'm a going lot. six that's and a six. Lot. I'm going that's, six and six. That's a lot there. That that actually is a difference maker too. If Arkansas is looking for their sixth win going into that yeah. game, that's yeah. a lot to play for. That could actually that could absolutely change how that game plays out. So, I I think six and six could be seven to five. I'm going to wait and get my prediction after Saturday's game. How about that? <laughs> yeah, I, and I feel like too, as the year goes on, we're gonna watch our. This is, and we said this on Twitter. What's gonna happen? Arkansas blows Portland State out like seventy-five to nothing, and all of a sudden, here come all the eight and four, nine and three yeah. predictions left and right. Yeah. <laughs> this team has a lot of growing up to do, Ty. They have fifty-six freshmen and redshirt freshmen sprinkled in with a bunch of uh, a bunch of upperclassmen. So yeah, some Brett Bielema leftovers. Yeah, some guys we'll see. you wonder about. I'm optimistic, but we'll see. I I, I say surprise because I know my crowd that follows me believes I'm pretty pessimistic on the Razorbacks, and I think everyone thought I was going to say five and five and seven, four and eight. But I, I'm I'm with you. Six and six seems pretty reasonable. So that'll do it for the first Friday episode of the Hog Talk Podcast. This is episode number seventeen. Ty, thanks again. You're the best co-host in the world. Couldn't do it without you, buddy. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. This is great as always. Looking forward to I'm already looking forward to to Monday's show. It's gonna be wonderful. It's gonna be nice to actually have a podcast that's based on something that's happened, like an actual game yes. during the regular season. It's gonna be wonderful. Yes. Yeah, so stay tuned. Monday, special Labor Day edition. This is the Hog Talk Podcast number 17. Woo pig.
If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. So hear me out. It's free. My father-in-law always says, the only thing better than cheap is free. So take advantage of it. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit from your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all the podcast platforms out there. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to know to make a podcast in one place. So, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. The Yellow Jacket Drive-In is the hub of downtown Shutter in Arkansas. They are the home of the Hubcap Cheeseburgers. They'll give you crinkle-cut french fries that will tease your palates. The tastiest shakes in the state at 100 North Rock Street in Sheridan, Arkansas. They are family-owned, fast service, and the folks of the Yellow Jacket are ready to see you. Call in your order ahead at 870-942-2486. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.